Hi, SIVKL. Welcome to this week's sermon. Uh, you know, we are all doing uh, the Overcoming series, uh, started from January. And uh, our theme this year is Together We Overcome. So today, I'm going to share with you a message entitled Overcoming Challenges. So when I say challenges, it can also mean uh, both personal as well as national. Personal in a sense that, you know, with all this uh, uh, COVID pandemic, many of you are suffering economically, uh, families, relationships, and, and all kinds of challenges in your own life, but also nationally, both in terms of the COVID pandemic and also along the political scene. I don't want to go, don't want to go there because you and I know that our country uh, at the moment is on emergency rule. I won't go on the pros and cons of whether we should or not, but I just want to say this. How do we as Christians overcome these challenges, whether it be personal or national? I want to share with you on overcoming challenges under three broad headings. First of all, the three human responses, one common call, and then three God responses to us as we respond to Him. First of all, what are the three possible human responses that we can have, now it's neither right nor wrong, but these are the ones, the common ones that we have as we face the challenges, the three common human responses. And I take my cue from three Old Testament prophets, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, and Jeremiah. Why, why these three prophets? What do they have in common? Well, all these three prophets are what we call pre exilic prophets. In other words, they prophesied before the Babylonians came and took Israel out into captivity for 70 years. So in other words, all three Old Testament prophets, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, and Jeremiah, faced the same challenge. The Babylonians are at the door. And so they were tasked, the un enviable task of telling Israel, hey folks, the Babylonians and they are cruel, they are fierce, they are coming to invade our nation. And after they have prophesied this day and night, night and day perhaps, how do they feel? Hey, after all, they are human beings, right? So how did they respond to the challenge that lie ahead of them. Let's start with Habakkuk. Habakkuk agonized with it. He couldn't believe it. He says, Lord, in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. And how long do I need to cry out to violence, violence? But how come, Lord, you don't save me? He agonized with it. 
He couldn't understand it. That how could God allow the fierce, ferocious, merciless Babylonians to come in and attack his chosen people? He couldn't, I wouldn't say he couldn't accept it, but he, he, he couldn't understand it. And what I called, he agonized with it. How long? You know, many of us agonize with the challenges that face us today. You know, how long has this pandemic been going on? Since the beginning of last year. I remember in March last year, there was a total lockdown. And now almost one year later, it's the same. In fact, worse. How long, Lord? How long? You know, many of you have prayed. We have fasted. And yet, God, we cried out to you, are you not listening? We agonize. It's not wrong. And God never condemned Habakkuk. God didn't slap, slap, slap Habakkuk. Why you talk like that? Like you're a prophet, you know. No. Because this is a expected human response. And God never condemned us. The second human response that we can have to all these challenges is exemplified by Zephaniah. While Habakkuk agonized, Zephaniah embraced it. Zephaniah accepted it. He said in Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 6 to verse 7, those who turn back from following the Lord and neither seek the Lord nor inquire of him, Zephaniah said, be silent, don't, don't complain, don't squeak, don't even make a noise. Because the sovereign, before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. In other words, God is judging us. Don't grumble, don't complain, just accept it, just embrace it. In fact, Zephaniah went one step further. In Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 12, when he said, Hey, not only is God judging us, uh, He is judging us because we have been complacent. And that's what he said. Zephaniah, Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 12. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lambs and punish those who are complacent who are like wine left on his dregs, in other words, to ferment, just stagnate, who think the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. And, and, and this has been the posture of the majority of pastors that I know. Hey, you know, uh, God judge us, you know. Why? Because we've been too complacent. We have been in a comfort zone and now God is waking us up. God is now punishing us, judging us. Why? Because we are we're arrogant and now God is teaching us a lesson through the COVID pandemic. Ayah, just accept it lah. 
is not wrong. This posture is also not wrong. Neither was a posture of agonizing with the Lord, right? Look, listen, my friends. Let's be real. Can, I, can, can we be real? Can we, can we be real? Because the prophets were very real. And God, hey, God can take it one, no. God knows that we are human beings. And so Zephaniah embraced it. The third prophet, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was what we call a major prophet compared to Habakkuk and Zephaniah, who were minor prophets. Now, when we say minor and major in the Old Testament, it doesn't mean that Jeremiah's prophecy is more important, no. It's just that minor prophecies are short. Major prophecies are long, like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel were major prophets because very long. Ma. Zephaniah, three chapters. Habakkuk, three chapters. So they were minor prophets because they were short, but their message and their importance were the same. So Jeremiah, how did he respond to the same challenge of the Babylonians coming in? Guess what? Maybe he agonized with it. I'm very sure he embraced it. And can I recommend to you, my friend, can I encourage you? While we agonize with the challenges, while we embrace it and we should, can I encourage you? Can we all be like Jeremiah? Look beyond it. Look beyond it. In other words, hey, God must have a purpose behind all this. God must have a higher reason why He is bringing the, not only Malaysia, but the entire world, literally the world, you know. In one stroke, a tiny virus invisible to the human eye, microns, has brought the entire world to a standstill. Why? There must be a purpose behind it. So not only did Jeremiah agonize with it, and he did. Not only did Jeremiah embrace it, and he did. Can I encourage you, my friend? Let's look beyond it. What did Jeremiah do? The well-known chapter, Jeremiah chapter 32, read it from beginning to end. I would highly recommend you to do it. Jeremiah, guess what? He did a prophetic act. He bought a field. I know this was the word of the Lord, so I bought the field at Anatoth. What? Are you crazy, Jeremiah? Hey, the Babylonians are there at the doorstep, you know. They're going to invade Israel. We don't know how many years. 70 years, right? 70 years. You're going to buy a real property estate? At that time, Jeremiah didn't know. Ma. He didn't know ma. in 70 years. Ma. And after buying the field, Jeremiah says, Lord, ah, sovereign Lord, verse 17 of Jeremiah 32, you have made the heavens and you have made the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. In other words, Lord, you know best. You are in control. And even as all these things come, I look beyond 
knowing very well that one day there will be restoration. Is there anything too hard for you, Lord? You know, there's a song, a very well-known song that we sing from this verse, Jeremiah 32, verse 7. Uh, now, excuse my singing uh, a cappella, but I just want us to know, even as we sang the song in olden days, I mean, not now, uh, we are echoing, we are echoing the prayer of Jeremiah. Ah, Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Ah, Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by the outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is too difficult for you. Oh, great and mighty God. Forgot. And might you continue. Do you know that as Jeremiah prayed that prayer, look beyond the challenges, insurmountable though they appear to be at that moment, uncertain, like what we are experiencing now today, pandemically as well as politically. Because of that posture, God said, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 26 to 27. Then the word of the Lord, after he has bought the field and the toast, after he has taken the title deed, put it in the bottle, buried it in the earth, and say, this property belongs to you, belongs to Israel. Wow. The Lord honored that prophetic act. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, your God of all mankind. You are right, Jeremiah. You are absolutely right. Is there anything too hard for me? The answer is no, Lord. You can do it. And then the Lord said, Verse 43 to verse 44, the same chapter. This is what the Lord says. Once more, fields will be bought in this land because I will restore their fortunes, declared the Lord. It is tantamount to the Lord saying to you and to me, friends, when you and I have this posture, yes, agonize with it, by all means, do that. Yes, embrace it, accept it. But even as we look beyond it, the Lord says to you and to me, and I prophesy, that one day, one day we can go to the restaurant and eat again. One day, amen, we can meet, we can meet again in the church. One day, you know, our economy will grow again. One day, businesses will thrive again. And one day, praise the Lord, we can travel again. Amen. I'm looking forward to the day when I can travel. You know, when, when the MCO was lifted for a short while in December last year, you know, uh, Pastor Lee Chu and I and our elder son, John, uh, immediately went to Penang. Wow, three days, three nights, just, 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 
Enjoy by the sea. Ay, ay, it's like Fong Kam. Uh, in Chinese, he said, release of prison. Uh. But Lord says, one day, my friend, we can travel again. One day. One day. I will restore your fortunes once more. All three human responses were different. Very real. All separate, distinctive. But all three of them had one common call. And I say the same to you, my friend. Come back to God. Big time. Come back to God. Big time. Even as they met all these challenges, three different prophets, three different responses, not right, not wrong, but very real, all had one message. And it's the same message I give to you, my friend. Whatever church you come from, to the entire church of the body of Christ in Malaysia, can we all come back to God? Big time. Can we all come back to God big time, either individually or collectively? During this moment and this period, when we are not even sure whether the vaccine is effective or not, whether I should take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, and so much uncertainty is in the coming days. Let's come back to God and consecrate ourselves. And I cannot find a verse that encapsulates this posture than the hotline verse. Jeremiah 33, verse 2 to 3. After all of this in Jeremiah 32, this is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it, established it. You know, this is the same introduction the Lord has throughout the Jeremiah. Do you know who I am or not? I am the one who made the earth, made the heavens with my outstretched arm. I am the Lord who made the earth and established it. The Lord is His name. And this Lord is saying to you, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You must call to me. Come back to the Lord. Big time. So can I encourage you, my friend? Let's all do that, shall we do? Let's all take this time to consecrate ourselves before God. Let's return to the Lord. Call upon Him. Believing that when we call upon Him, He will answer us. What will be the outcome? God says, if you do that, if you come back to me big time, if you call unto me individually, collectively, in whatever way, I will do three things for you. And again, it's exemplified 
by the three prophets. Why? Same God. Huh? Same God, man. Firstly, to Habakkuk, he said, I will revive you. Because that's Habakkuk's prayer in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. Lord, he said, I may not understand. I agonize with it. Yes, sometimes I've got problems with it. I question you. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. But now I know, I know, Lord, that even as I come back to you and I call Israel, I call the nation, I call the churches in Malaysia to come back to you, Lord, Lord, I, you, you have, you have, we have heard of your fame. I stand in, in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Father, revive us in our time. Lord, make them known. Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. And let me read to you God's response. When God hears our prayers for revival, when we pray to the Lord, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of you, Lord. Revive us in our time. In wrath, Lord, remember mercy. And the Lord's answer. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3. God came from Terman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and His praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. And then verse 6, He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumble and the age-old hills collapse. His ways are eternal. Praise the Lord. In other words, God answered in power. Wow. In other words, He will revive us, church. He will, in other words, He will bring our spirit man back to life again. So even as we come back to God, He will revive us. Secondly, He will rescue us. Not only will He revive us, He will save us. And for this, let me read Zephaniah. Incidentally, Zephaniah is just the book next to Habakkuk. He promised Zephaniah, Zephaniah, you tell the children of Israel, if you come back to me, this is what I will do for you. And this is what the Lord says to me, church. Wing Chi, tell the church in Malaysia, tell, tell them, if you come back to me big time, consecrate yourself at my prayer altars, seek my face, the Lord will say this to you and to me in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Every time you see the word Zion there, it is the community of the redeemed. It includes us. Shout, O Israel. Be glad, rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. Oh, on that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limb. The Lord your God is with you. He 
is mighty to save. And I like this verse. Come on, read this with me, friends. Wherever you are, in your homes, in your bedroom or living room. Jeremiah 7, chapter 3, verse 17. This is what the Lord promised you. The Lord promised me when we seek Him and come back to Him big time, He will rescue us. Come on, are you ready? Read this verse with me. One, two, three. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. Come on, one more time. Are you ready? Families, children, read this with me. Are you ready? Read out loud so that your neighbors can hear you. Are you ready? One, two, three. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. Amen. Come on, shout amen if you agree. Even the chat room, amen. He is mighty to save. And he wants to save. He wants to rescue us. Amen. That's what his promise is. If we go back to him, the Lord wants to rescue us. You think the Lord delights to see suffering? No. Man, he will revive us. He will rescue us. But I like the third one the best. The third promise that God gives to you and to me and the church in Malaysia, as we return to Him, no matter what our response may be, is that to Jeremiah, He will renew His covenant with us. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 38 to verse 40. They will be my people. I will be their God. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And God says, I will never stop doing good to you. I will make a new covenant with you. You are my people. I will be your God. And I will never stop doing good. Friends, this is a promise of God to you and to me, my friends. God is a good God. He wants to bless us. And God is a covenant-keeping God. We may break our part of the covenant. God never does. And that's why he said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, come on, read it with me, friends. You and I know this verse literally in the back of our hands. Are you ready? Come on, read it loud. Come on, let's all hear ourselves reading scripture and I don't apologize for sharing with you so many scriptures you know it's not my words it's the words of God to you and to me come on let's all read together Jeremiah 29 verse 11 are you ready one two three for I know the plans God said I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. One more time. One more time, friends. It's a beautiful verse. Let's not only read it, let's believe it and take it to heart. Are you ready? Read it with me. One, two, three. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah with me. God is a good God. Let me close. Let me summarize as I close. What, how do we overcome the challenges as we face 
a national crisis as we face personal challenges in our homes, our family, in our businesses, and even within ourselves. Three human responses. We can agonize like Habakkuk. We can embrace it like Zephaniah. We can look beyond it like Jeremiah. But all three have one message. And this is one message I have for you, my friend, to the church in Malaysia. Let's all return to the Lord. Let's all come back to God big time. And let's mean it. And when we do that, hallelujah, He will revive us. He will rescue us. And He will renew His covenant with you and with me. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is a good God, my friend. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Let me close with Zephaniah chapter 3. And let me continue to read from verse 17 onwards. The Lord your God is with us. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in us. He will quiet us with his love. You know, he loves us. He will rejoice over us with singing. You know, the, one of the beautiful things is God rejoice over us because we are his children, you see. The sorrows for the appointed feast I will remove from you. They are a burden and a reproach to you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppress you. I will rescue the lame. See, I will rescue you. Gather those who have been scattered. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they were put to shame. At that time, we look forward to the day, Lord. We look forward to the day when you will gather us. At that time, you will bring us home. You will give us honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when you restore our fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. So, Father, I thank you for this word. You will watch over your word, Lord, to fulfill it. Lord, cast away all doubts. Cast away all indifference and help us to cling to your word because your word is life. Thank you, Father. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you this day. May the Lord make his face always to shine upon you and your loved ones. May the Lord Turn his countenance towards you and your home and always grant you shalom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Those of you from SIBKL, if you have any needs for prayer, you can go to the prayer online and there will be people, pastors, leaders, waiting to minister to you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.